strengthen us. The word of God will empower us so that even the things that the enemy had intended for evil will work together for our good. So that what the enemy had hoped will crush us will actually turn around and lift us up. So that what the enemy had hoped that it would destroy us will actually end up what? Lifting us up. Hallelujah. So we'll count it all what? Joy. So put on the screen for me and, and I don't intend to preach for long. I'll preach for maybe a very short period. And after that, we will try and go into some worship time, praise time, lift our spirit up. Let the devil know that devil, you thought you, you could keep us down, but we are up. The worst thing that can happen to somebody is for somebody to be doing something to you. And as the person is doing it, you are standing. You ignore him. You ignore her. So that in the camp of the enemy, they will be wailing a nation of teeth because we are still strong. Hallelujah. So, in the book of James, chapter 1, starting from verse 1, and if you can stand up for the reading of the word, it will be good. James chapter 1, from verse 1 to 4. The Bible says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12, 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patient. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, Wanting nothing. Hallelujah. Let's be seated. You may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Tell somebody, you may be perfect. Oh, this morning I can't hear. You may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Hallelujah. Life is full of drama. Life is full of drama. Sometimes things happen and you don't, know, you don't understand why things must happen. Sometimes there is confusion and you don't know why there must be confusion. Sometimes you even ask yourself, why am I going through the things I'm going through? Sometimes you wonder whether the God that I serve is real. Sometimes you wonder whether God has forgotten me because you look around you, the people who are not living a life that has restrictions like you and I, there are certain things we won't do because the word of God says we shouldn't do. There are certain places we won't go because the word of God says we shouldn't go. There are certain things we will not say because we know it is not good. There are certain acts we will not involve ourselves. But yet, you see people who on the contrary are deeply involved in these things. And yet sometimes it appears as if they are doing well. Sometimes it appears as if they are progressing. Sometimes it appears as if they are on top of you. Sometimes you wonder why. But the truth is that you see as Christians, if we understand better, then we will know that God has an agenda for our lives. And sometimes it is a matter of time before that agenda is fulfilled. And whilst you are waiting for the agenda, things may happen, but sometimes when they are, things happen, they all happen for God to be able to fulfill, to, for, for God to cause the agenda to be fulfilled in your life. So things don't happen to us by mistakes. Things don't happen to us by accident. 
Things don't happen to us anyhow because our God can never be caught unawares. Tell somebody our God can never be caught unawares. He can never be caught unawares. So, James, writing to the 12 tribes, says, count it all joy when things don't go the way you expect it to go. Count it all joy. So it means that when it is not where, count it all joy. When things are difficult, count it all joy. When you are not making the progress that you expect to make, count it all joy. It means that you as a believer, as a Christian, you should not just have a list made up of two, or have a sheet made up of two columns. One column is for the good things happening to you, in which case you say, these are the things that I, I have joy over, and these are the negative things that I am sad over, I refuse to accept them. James says that no, as Christians we have just one list. And in that one list, there are good things and there are bad things. But in the midst of it all, we should what? Count it all joy. Count it all joy. Because you see, you cannot question God. I believe that maybe one day when we stand before God, we will understand why certain things took place. We will. But for now, we may not understand it. So it says, count it all joy. Whether good or bad, count it joy. Whether ugly or good, count it all joy. Whether pleasant or unpleasant, count it all joy. Whether you like it or not, it says, count it all joy. Meaning that you don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. The other time when Job lost his children, the Bible says, and not just, just did he lose his children, Job lost his children, lost his possessions, lost his property, lost everything. So Job was left alone. As if that was not enough, Job had boil and sauce all over his body. But the Bible says, Job counted it all joy because when they kept telling him the things, eventually what Job did was that the Bible says, Job, you know, just lie down and began to praise God. Counted it joy. And when the wife told him, why don't you curse God and die? He said, you are talking like one of the foolish women. Must we accept good things from God and not accept the bad things? Count it all joy. Count it joy. The Bible says, God's ways are not our ways. Neither are his thoughts our thoughts. As the heavens are above the earth, so are his ways from our ways and his thoughts from our world. The day you understand God, he ceases to be God. The day you understand God, he ceases to be God. So he says, in all things we should count it joy. Tell somebody, count it all joy. Count it all joy. And what is counted? Counted means that consider it. Accept it. Hallelujah. All joy. All joy means that you are supposed to be glad. All joy means that you are supposed to be, you know, you are supposed to be joyful in your heart. And that is what separates the Christian from the unbeliever. When things happen to the unbeliever, they begin to run helter-skelter. They become hysterical. But for us, when things happen, we stand still and know that our God is God. When things happen, we know that our God is able. When things happen, oh, we refuse to fret. We refuse to be wobbled in any way. Our faith never shakes. We know that our God is able. 
He's able. He's able. So we count it all joy. Count it all joy. Yes. Sometimes when things like this happens, you know you miss the person. You know that the person, you may not see him until you get to heaven, a better place. But the truth is that why is the person is there, you and I, as a matter of fact, are supposed to be celebrating the fact that this person has seated and has gone to be with the Lord. Hallelujah. Has seated and has gone to be there. So whether you lose your marriage or not, count it all joy. Whether you lose your job or not, count it all joy. Whether you are married or not, count it all joy. Whether you have a business doing or not, count it all joy. Whether you lost that contract or not, count it all joy. Whether you have given birth or not, count it all joy. Everything that you find yourself in, count it all joy. Because your situation doesn't make God. God. He was God before you came to the earth. <laughs> and he will be God after you have visited the earth. Your situation does not define him. Hallelujah. So count it all joy. So, let me quickly run through James chapter 1 from verse 2 to 4. Once I get to verse 4, my preaching is done. We'll get up and we'll celebrate worship and we'll praise our God. So give me the verse 2. It says, my brethren, count it all joy. When you fall into diverse temptations. So first of all, it means that temptation is part of our Christian walk. Is somebody with me this morning? It means that there is no way we can escape temptations. There is no way we can escape trials. There is no way we can escape, you know, challenges in life. It is part of our Christian walk. So he's saying that when the difficult times come, my brother, count it all joy. You haven't seen somebody, he has not eaten for two days, but when you see him, you that have been eating every day for three, day, three days, that person looks better than you because he's so cheerful. I used to have my maternal grandmother, and in those days she would tell us, she said, look, when somebody wakes up and the person has no money and he has not even eaten, he said, the only thing you have to do is to take a shower. Now, but polish, kakra. Like the fantasy will say, because she was a fanti woman. But polish. I said, so polish, kakra. Guar. Nasi, si, you won't know. Obi, ba, unche, no, best row, it, ben, po, abra, yon, winti, ti. Hallelujah. So, she says, look, just, just put on a face that looks like somebody who has been feeding. All you have to do is just take a bath. Look clean. Listen, this morning. Well, sometimes we allow this, this thing, the things of this, things of this um, to affect us so much that sometimes you will not even bath, they see you and the problem is, 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 is all over you because you want people to identify with you. I came here to tell you, count it all joy and put on a better countenance. Count it all joy and put on a better countenance. Because as for temptation, they will come. And if you have not experienced temptation or trials or difficulty or challenges in life, I am, not, I am not wishing you evil. But the truth is that there is no, it is most unlikely that you will go through the face of this earth without you having to go through some challenge or difficult situation. It's almost impossible. Unless you are not a human being. 
Which is why Job said, man born of a woman or woman born of a woman is but for a few days and it's what? Full of troubles. And so it will come. It is normal. It is natural. When it comes, your countenance is important. Hallelujah. Your countenance is important. And, and the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13, we know it very well. So when you talk about temptation, look at the way God positions us to deal with temptation. Look at the way he positions us. He says, they had no temptation taking you but such as is common to man. Hold it there. It means that every temptation that we will go through, which we are supposed to count it all joy, is so common that almost somebody else has gone through it. So what you're experiencing is not new. You lost your job. Somebody has lost his job. You lost your husband. Somebody has lost his husband. You don't have a child. Somebody doesn't have a child before, before now. You, you failed in, in school. Somebody has failed before now. Hallelujah. You were, you were jilted by somebody. Somebody jilted somebody. Hallelujah. You have no job. It is, it is, so it is whatever you're experiencing is common to man. Everything you have through is common to man. It is not strange. Your situation is not unique to you. Your situation is common to man. Ask yourself, what, what are you going through? What are you going through that you think has not happened before? It's happened before. So, the Bible teaches us, oh, listen. And that is why you must, you must cheer up. Sometimes or so forth, even when you hear somebody's case, you will know that you are better. No, you are better. You will know that you are better. When you hear what other people are going through, you know you are better. Hallelujah. That is why you must count it all joy. Because as for temptation, they are easy. Hallelujah. It's common. It's common. And it is important. And the truth is that after you, somebody else will go through it. And we pray that it is not the person sitting next to you who will take over what you are going through. Eh? Somebody says amen. <laughs> it is normal. And, and look at this. It says, but our God, is, so, so what you are going through is normal. It's common. And it says, our God is faithful. Our God is faithful. So what we are going through is normal. Normal means that they won't kill us. Normal means that we will survive. Normal means that we will come out. Normal means that we will overcome at some point. Why? Because there is a God who is faithful. For the unbeliever, there is no God. But for you, there is a God. Tell somebody there is a God. There is a God by me. There is a God beside me. There is a God ahead of me who is faithful. It means that some gods are unfaithful. But as for this God, he is faithful. He's faithful. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Lord, I will be with you always. He's faithful. So he will not leave you. So your God is faithful. That is assurance you have. It may be difficult, but your God is faithful. It may be challenging, but your God is faithful. It may be unpleasant, but your God is faithful. It may not be palatable, but your God is faithful. He's a faithful God. He's a faithful God. He is a faithful God. And how is he faithful? Look at. He says two things. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able? So hold it there. 
So, the faithfulness of God is such that whatever you are going through, God has weighed your capacity, your ability, your might, your strength to say that what I am bringing to this person, this person is well able to handle it. Do you know what that means? Hold it. It means that before the problem showed up, God prepared you in advance. It means that he prepared you in advance. I mean, I, I left paid employment about two, I think it's about two years ago, over two years now, yeah, about two years. Mm -hmm. And there is no way I can stand here and blame God. I believe strongly that if I have survived this far, it's a sign that God prepared me to, to go through it. It's a sign. And, and, and the, the fortunate thing is that my life is even better than now than what it used to be when I was working. No, 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 that is true. So sometimes when God is bringing the temptation, he has weighed you, he has assessed you, and he knows that when I bring this, you are well able to handle it. Listen, you have what it takes. You have what it takes to handle whatever you are going through. You have what it takes to do whatever you are doing. You have what it takes to, to overcome that thing. Because God has assessed you. He has weighed you and he knows that you have what it takes. You have what it takes. So, he will not tempt you beyond what you are well able. He will not tempt you. So, the day something comes your way and you begin to say it is beyond me then look at it again because god doesn't make mistake he doesn't make mistake he's always right he's always on time he always assesses the situation and and and, and, and look at the next one he says but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you'll be able to so god so he's saying that apart from God assessing you to know that you have what it takes to, to hold on to, to be able to survive it he says God as the enemy is planning the temptation God actually goes ahead to make a way of escape so the enemy is bringing the temptation but he doesn't know that God has already made a way of escape because God can never be caught unawares can I go deep in the book of Revelation chapter 13, I think verse 8 or so, the Bible says that the lamb who was slain from the foundations of the earth. So it means that God knew that one day man will fall. Man that he created in the garden of Eden, he knew that man will fall. Hallelujah. So before God even created the earth, he actually slain Christ and made his blood available so that when man falls, God himself will use the same blood to cleanse him. God can never be caught on our ways. So the temptation you are going through, as you are going through it, there's always, always a way of escape. Listen. There's a way of escape. There is a way out. You will, you will, you will survive it. No, you will survive it. No, can I even tell you this? Sometimes even death is a way of escape. Death. Because, like I said, Apostle Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So if, if I, if through the temptation, if I exit, it is gain because Christ would have called me. 
Listen. Don't let what you are going through, the who and the and the and the and the mobo mobo is, is actually is the thing eating you up and it is thing killing you. Loosen up and tell yourself, I am well able to overcome. 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 And we know that even the temptation, sometimes the enemy will wish it for evil. But we know that he takes it, he turns it around, and he causes it to work together for my good. It, it works together. Listen, also, for, I have always said it that you see, when God takes something out of you, it means that he's going, coming to give you something better. No, he will give you something better. He will, most of the time, he will never give you the same thing. When he takes something away, it means that that thing is not good for you. It means that you deserve better. So when he's bringing, he brings something better. And that is why I know I'm going to get something better. I've always said that, watch out for Daniel. I see you do. The next chapter of my life is going to be better. It's going to be better. It's going to be huge. It's going to be bigger. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be mighty. It will blow your mind. Why? Because he has taken one thing that is not good. He's bringing me into a place where the world will know. And they will see. And they will run to my God and say, my God is good. And the same thing is with your story. Listen. You will not give in to that man because he's married. Temptation. He will make a way of escape. But he will bring you as a young, handsome man. Nice looking man. With so much money. That, and, and, and a man who fears God. And a man who treats you well. And a man who will shower you blessing. And a man who will follow you to church. Oh, you lost that job. God is bringing you a business. The temptation was that that, that that job must go. But it's moving you from being an employee to an employer. Listen, let's cheer up. It's not the end of the world. Hallelujah. So go back to my scripture. Go back to James chapter 1 verse, I think we're on verse 2. So my brethren, count it all when you fall into diverse temptations. Let's go to the three. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patient. Hold it there. Two points here. So it means that when God brings you into a point of temptation and, 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 and the truth is that the Bible says that we know that the trying of our faith. So it means that our faith will be tried. Now take note. It did not say, because God does not tempt us. God tries us. When you tempt somebody, you see, you tempt with the intention that something, the person will do something negative or something bad. That is not the intention of God. So the devil will tempt you, but God will try you. Because God wants to try you to find out whether your faith is real. Hallelujah. So some of since you are going through it because God wants to know whether your faith is real. How can you say that you love God if there is no way for you to demonstrate that you love God? 
So God will say, okay, if you say you love me, I will make sure that the money you are receiving is not enough. But like Pastor Tony Jedra stood here and said, well, anybody who will say that don't give to the kingdom, that person, there is something wrong with him because you are giving to Jesus. God will say, well, although I know your monthly salary is 500 Ghana cities, I want you to be able to take 50 minimum and bring to me. Although by the time you finish paying your bills, by the second week you are broke, but you are telling God that God, my faith is in you. My faith will not wobble. I still believe that you are able to supply all my needs. So whether I have or not is not the issue. Anything that comes to me, because I believe in you, I will bring to your house. Then you are telling God that God, okay. You are telling God that yes, God, God, I believe in you. I trust in you. I know you are available. So, 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 so by so doing, you, 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 you are building your faith and you are letting God that God, you are letting God know that He can trust you. Hallelujah. So, so naturally your faith will be tried. And you are telling God. It doesn't matter what I go through. My relationship and my love for you is not based on things. It is based on the fact that I have faith in you. Others may not believe you, but I believe in you. Like Job, he said, even though he slay me, the man is, God is killing me, but yet I still trust him. So you're also saying that God, even though it's not enough, I still trust you. That is what this does. So, the trying of your faith your faith will be tried. It has to be tried. Hallelujah. Your faith will have to be tried. You are telling God, God, things may not be right around my circumstances and environment. Things are hitting me, but I have no other God and I refuse to have any other God. It's all about you. Oh, the Bible says that the three Hebrew boys they took them to Nebuchadnezzar and they said if they don't worship the statue that has been created they'll be put in a burning furnace and they said oh Nebu oh Nebu oh Nebu you cannot shake our faith with this now you are doing that it is a temptation it's a difficult period but our faith will not be shaken because we know whom we have believed we know whom we have believed hallelujah we know whom we have believed. This God that we have believed, we have not believed in him because, because he will even take us out. Even if he refuses to take us out, we still believe in him. We know that he has the capacity to do the impossible. He has the capacity to make things happen. Hallelujah. Oh, the book, you may not know, but for us, it is not about, about, about whether he's able or not. Even if he's not able, we, we will still serve him. So you get to the point where you are telling yourself that God it doesn't matter what it is. Even if my faith has to shake and shake well, God, I will stand. I am standing. I am standing. It is not where, but I'm standing. I don't have any hope, but I'm standing. Because I know my hope is in the Lord. This morning, I will not put, you see, I will not put my trust in man. My trust is in the Lord. And, and, and God, I know that, Lord, at the appropriate time, you will answer me. And that is why he says, he says, and your faith worketh patient. So whilst God is trying you, God is saying that I need to build, I need, I need you to have patience. God is saying that I, I, I need to, I need you to, to walk through a path where you, you, you are patiently waiting for me. Hallelujah. Because you see, we, we have a generation that is the microwave generation. 
The microwave generation where people are just interested in things happening now. But you see, where God is taking you to is so big and is so much that it is necessary that he passes you through a certain process. Because if he doesn't pass you through a certain process, you may not be able to survive when you get to the final destination. So you are telling yourself that whilst you are waiting, God, I am with you. God, I am in this vehicle and you, you are the driver. I am in this aircraft and you are the pilot. I know that Lord, when I, I may not understand now, but I know that when I get to the destination, the other end, all shall be well. What I don't understand now, when I get to the, my final bus stop, all shall be well. I will understand then because you will conjure things, you will make things happen. I know that at the appropriate time, Lord, you will make things happen because I know you, you have done it before. You are my bridge over troubled water. You are my peace. You are my provider. You are my healer. You are my comforter. You are my help. You are my everything. I put my trust in you. My trust is not in man. The Bible says, Cash is any man that put his trust in man, but they that put their trust in the Lord shall not be put to shame. So God, I believe you. I am waiting patiently. I am going nowhere. I will not quit from church. I will not stop coming to church. The enemy may have done his worst, but my God is about to do his best. I am standing strong. Standing strong. So, God is building patience. Building patience. Building patience. So, as you wait, he builds patience. As you wait, he takes you through. As you wait, he encourages you. You are hanging on. You are tagging along. Hallelujah. No, sometimes it can be frustrating. You wake up and you don't even know what the, the next thing is. That is the, the, that is the time when God is trying your patience. Can this person wait? Because the Bible says a, a day is like a thousand days before the Lord. And a, a thousand days is like a day before the Lord. Hallelujah. So, you cannot work with his time. or you can, God cannot work with your time. But you know that God is never late. He shows up at the right time. So, if he has not showed up now, this is not the right time. It means that at the appropriate time, God must show up. No, he will show up. He will show up. He will show up. So, why is you are going through this? Heaven is watching you. Listen. This period that we are, heaven has not forsaken us. Heaven has not abandoned us. Heaven has not forgotten us. Heaven is with us. He's with, they are with us. Let's be patient and see. Uh, Moses told the children of God. He said, be still and see the salvation of the Lord. So whilst you are waiting, you are telling God that God, my hands are up. The battle is yours. It's not mine. Take the lead. And I will follow. Give me the verse 4. The last verse. It says, But let patience have their perfect work, that you may be perfect. Perfect. Hold it there. So it means that, whilst you have patience, and you are waiting in God, and things are happening, it says that you... Through that process, you may be perfect. Now, that, the perfect there is not perfection, but the perfect there means that you will mature. You'll be perfect in the Lord. You'll mature. So, whilst you are waiting, God is trying you and you are waiting, and God is taking, is through patience, is encouraging you to wait on Him. He's perfect. He's getting you to mature. You see, we have a lot of immature Christians. 
And how we respond to situations determine our maturity level. And if you want to see a very mature Christian, look at the life of Job. How Job reacted to the circumstance and the situation he found himself. Hallelujah. So, God expects us that whilst we are going through this period, we are maturing. The things that are not, that, that are, that are not matured in our life, he's perfecting them. So you get to the level where nothing moves you anymore. But the truth is that majority of our things move us now. The slightest thing we are shaking. The slightest thing we are worried. The slightest thing we become hysterical. The slightest thing we run hetero scatter. God does not like Christians like that. God likes Christians that nothing moves them. Nothing moves them. Hallelujah. Do we have people in the house that nothing, where nothing, nothing around you move you? Because we know that your, your, your hope is in the Lord. So nothing around you moves you. No matter what the enemy does, it doesn't move you. That is a sign of a matured Christian. Sometimes even the way you talk will determine whether you are matured or not. So whilst you are waiting, God will bring you to a point of maturity. Hallelujah. And he says that, that you may be perfect and entire. The entire then means complete. Hallelujah. So it means that you also get to the point where the things that are not complete in your life, God will have to start completing them. Hallelujah. God will start completing them because you see, when you are matured, everything around you has to be complete. So that ultimately, you will want what? Nothing. Because as a Christian, you have to know that you count it all for joy. And now you get to a level where God is trying you, and through that trying, your patience is being built. And when your patience is being built, you get to the point where God will cause you to mature and grow. And when you grow, everything about you will be complete. You will lack nothing. You get to the point where you will lack nothing. You get to the point where nothing, I mean, where nothing worries you. Whether you have job or not, it's not the issue. Whether you are moving forward or not, it's not the issue. For you, it is all about you and Christ. Like Apostle Paul said, he said, that I may know him. That for him, what was most important was that he may know him. He lacked nothing. This morning, I speak over your life. May you lack nothing. This morning, I speak over your life. May you lack nothing. I speak over your life. May you lack nothing. May you mature in the Lord. May everything around you be complete. And may you lack nothing. Rise on your feet.